Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch as we move into the second half of 2021 and as is my want every first day of a new month I read my little saying from the Divine Word Missionaries calendar and it says today for July a mountain is not higher than your confidence because it will be under your feet if you reach the top. I like it. I have to think about it, but I do like it. And that's our saying for the month ahead. Welcome to the show. We're packed from now till half three. My artists of the week are the police, of course. And we have a message from them today. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Karen Cohn is with us from Alone. Interesting chat I'm going to have with Karen. The Carragher brothers are here. Shane and Niall, they're from Dundalk and they've combined... An unusual fusion of country and classical sounds. We're chatting to them a little bit later on. Dave Hewitt is with us. Don't miss him. If you haven't planned that breakaway yet here at home in Ireland, he's from Irish Mini Breaks. He has some cracking recommendations. Forest staycations look to be the order of the day for a lot of people again this year. And we'll also be chatting to Amanda Smith. Uh, She has roots in Trinidad, but a big part of her is Irish as well. She's an international author with huge success under her belt. She's with us a little bit later on. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, and we'd love to hear from you, 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text me, or 1857-15958 if you'd like to call in. Now, starting with soccer today and the man at the uh, top of soccer in Ireland. Yes, the new FAI CEO, Jonathan Hill, is in County Mead today. And a few moments ago, literally a few moments ago, I was talking to him and I began by asking him why he was in the Royal County. Uh, well, I'm here actually um, looking at one of our summer schools um, and uh, we're, we're very much up and running, uh, which is great news, obviously, given that we're coming out of um, the, the, the pandemic situation and just to see um, a whole set of young boys and girls simply enjoying themselves in the meat sunshine um, is fantastic to see. And so I've just been uh, a little chat with them and I've been very very much helped by Tim Clancy, um, the manager of Drogheda, uh, and also uh, we've had Gary Rogers here, um, former Dundalk goalkeeping legend, of course, and the kids have just been uh, super excited to meet them, in all honesty. And, you know, those guys are heroes to so many in Dundalk and Drogheda, the two big League of Ireland clubs here in the North East. And I'm sure, Jonathan, the hope is that there are some children participating in these camps right across the summer and where you are today that will someday represent their clubs, perhaps uh, move on to uh, greater things and wear the green of Ireland, boys or girls. Absolutely. And uh, uh, that's exactly the um, uh, the story I've been telling the uh, the young boys and girls that we've been with today, to be honest. And uh, uh, using the uh, uh, the Euros as inspiration because uh, lots of them have been watching it and say, look, we're not there this time. Um but we've then panned out for, 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 for each of them, however old they were, as to when they might be playing for Ireland in either a 2030 or 2034 World Cup um, or a 2032 um, Euros, because that's what we like to see and that's what we want to see. And uh, that's exactly what we're, we're working towards as the FAI, is, um, is to have the platforms in, in, in place to allow us to do that. And if you look at the facility here, um, it's exactly what we need to create uh, the best possible players 
Uh, we've got some really inspirational coaches, young coaches here coaching them at the moment. So that is all part of the infrastructure that we need to be in place to create uh, those players of the future. I take it goes without. I take it it goes without saying that qualifying for finals like the Euros and the World Cup, and I know you've been over to a few games as well, is really important to a country like Ireland and the Football Association of Ireland. Stephen Kenny is embarking now on the World Cup qualification campaign, and that's going to come round soon because we're a year behind with the Euros and the qualifiers coming up shortly. Are you hopeful? Well, look, we've uh, we've already started the qualification campaign for the men, and we've had a difficult start, um, and we certainly have a difficult next game, which is away in Portugal to Ronaldo et al. Um, but that's where Stephen wants to be um, playing on the on the major international stage against players like um, uh, Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes of Manchester United. It's where the players want to be playing, so they want to be challenged. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. It's a tough qualification group. Um, and obviously it's very tough to get into a, a World Cup because there's only uh, 11 guaranteed places for the uh, for UEFA teams. But um, for the Euro, and this Euro just gone, there's obviously 24 teams who qualify. So we, uh, we um, statistically at least have a much better chance of qualifying for the Euro. So part of our longer-term strategy will be, as I say, to put everything in place to allow us to, um, to challenge for qualification for Euro 2024, which is happening in Germany. And obviously we have um, a really inspirational coach in Vera Pau and um, a great young um, uh, women's team who are just starting and embarking on their Women's World Cup qualification campaign uh, for New Zealand and Australia in 2023. And exactly the same thing. Uh, we want to give them all of the tools that they need to be able to, um, to do well uh, and to make the nation proud and to be um, as excited as we know the nation becomes in a in a very unique way, I think, for any sport um, in Ireland uh, to get behind the, um, the team, be it the male team or the women's team. And that's, that's, part of our, um, that's, that's part of our overall objective. But we can only do that um, if we have um, the type of facilities, and the type of people, the volunteers and the coaches that I've seen here today uh, and the young players who have the ambition uh, and desire to get to that level. But at the same time, we know that maybe one in a thousand will... Um, we'll have the, uh, the honour to be able to do that. I want the other 999 just simply to have fun and to have the best possible time they can do playing football in the best possible facilities in the safest possible environment. And uh, that's what I've seen here today. And uh, it's really encouraging, to be honest. Now, you're in the job a wee while now. You're well settled in. You're getting a feel for football and all its strands in this country. I, 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 I surmised myself when you took the job going in with little money, uh, financial difficulties, an, organi- an organisation in need of change, many diverse self-interests within the football family. Jonathan, do you ever scratch your head and say, what did I get into here? <laughs> well, look, I've never shied away from a challenge. And I was 10 years at the English FA, and um, I, left, I left there in around uh, uh, 2010. And I think it's fair to say that at that point, uh, the English FA was in a, a state of... Uh, of, of some crisis and was uh, really, really concerned about its future. But what they did was they knuckled down. Uh, they created a strategy um, for 2012 to 16 and then 16 to 20. Uh, they worked bloody hard at that strategy. Um, and uh, I think that you're now seeing the, 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 the outcome of that, the results of that. And that's exactly what I want Irish football to do. I want us to come together from the grassroots through to uh, League of Ireland, through our academies, through the Women's National League, all the way through to international level, and recognise that we can only we can only transform the game and grow the game and develop the game if we if we do that together. And um, I genuinely believe there's a huge amount of potential uh, both within the grassroots. So I think we can absolutely grow our numbers, and particularly in relation to um, to girls football. I think there's huge potential within the League of Ireland and the Women's National League. And we've already seen. Um, some great strides made um, this year and it's great to see the league up and running and I think we will see that that success at international level we've got some great um, we've got some great players coming through at the underage international teams and uh, it's all about hard work it's about hard work dedication and commitment uh, to, to, to those objectives and I'm, I'm absolutely convinced um, that with that hard work that we can achieve great things and hopefully, Jonathan, in the future, I look at the England team and they could go all the way in the Euros. But there are two guys in there, Grealish and Rice, who were part of the underage setup. They slipped through. That's not going to happen on your watch, is it? 
Well, look, it's it's frustrating, but we are in a very modern, multicultural world now, and um, most players actually have what we call dual nationality, so they can choose um, for more than one nation to play for, to be honest, and um, part of our challenge is to make sure that we're talking to all of those good, young, promising, uh, both male and female footballers who can play at international level, and to persuade them that playing for Ireland is the right thing, and... Um, it's all part of the game now. Um, of course, we don't want that to happen again, um, but we have our scouting infrastructure in place and we want to make sure that um, our international teams and the support, as I say, that we give to um, Stephen Kenny and to, and to Vera Powell as our women's coach is such that players will want to play for us. And um, I, I'm, I'm convinced that we have the, um, the, the, the right platform to do that moving forward. Now, you are in the northeast where football is really strong, especially in County Loud, with two League of Ireland teams, Dundalk and Drogheda United. And I know you've been up to Drogheda United and uh, been with Conor Hyde, their chairman there, yep. because I follow them myself. For both clubs, Dundalk and Drogheda, facilities, you've mentioned facilities there a number of times and where you are today. You know, I don't have to tell you, they're not good enough. And, you know, Drogheda especially have had plans for a number of years. And I know the supporters would like to hear from you uh, and from the FAI. Is that something that is a priority for you to help Drogheda United relocate to a new stadium? Yeah, look, we, I, I talked about um, uh, setting our objectives and having a clear strategy for the game and for the association moving forward. Uh, one of the core pillars of that strategy is going to be around facilities and infrastructure. Um, and so we'll want to help um, uh, the whole of the game, not just the northeast. But obviously, um, as you say, I've been a couple of times now to Drogheda and had some great chats with um, with Connor, who I think is a really inspirational um, chairman. Um, he's got great plans in relation to Drogheda boys and to creating um, a wider club. And to do that, he knows that he has to have the right facilities in place, needs to have the right stadium in place, and he's got some very ambitious plans um, for all of that. And we will be very supportive of it. Um, you mentioned earlier that we're coming from a difficult place in relation to um, to our financial situation, and part of our again part of our strategy is to make sure that we're financially sustainable moving forward. Um, so we'll be working with uh, a whole range of people to make sure that happens, and the government will be one of those stakeholders. And I'd love to think that um, the government will share your ambition and my ambition and Connor's ambition um, to build that type of infrastructure that will be right for Drogheda, will be right for the North East, will be right for Dundalk as well moving forward. Um, um, but we have to be patient, we have to be realistic, but it is absolutely part of that wider plan. Well, you know, you have a big task at hand, but speaking to you today, I see you're well up for it and you're getting to grips with all the different strands. As I said, there are so many interests within the football family and everybody thinks theirs is the priority. Look, uh, I wish you well and uh, the FAI with Stephen well and Vera and all of the international teams and everybody in the family success in the future. And uh, what you're doing today is right at the heart of it. It's, it's, it's really kind of you to say that. And generally, I believe that um, not just yourself, but the whole of the Irish public um, really want Irish football to be as good as it can be and for us to have the success. But actually that infrastructure and the people and all of our volunteers who I've seen here today, all of our coaches, um, all of our referees, everyone who is part of the game deserves to have. So um, thank you for your good wishes. As you say, I'm very much up for the challenge. I'm up for the fight. And yeah, look, very simply being here today and seeing those boys and girls having so much fun is a great starting point. So let's get move out of this pandemic period. Let's move forward confidently um, and in a committed way to make sure that Irish football gets to the place that we all want it to be. Jonathan, thank you for joining me today on Late Lunch and thank you kindly for the places you've given us on the summer camps and I'm going to give those away on my show after Brilliant. the uh, break in a moment. I have a little tester of a question for the listeners. They'll have to get this right to secure <laughs> the places for their children but we'll do that straight after the break. Away you go there. Best of luck again. Jonathan Hill, CEO of the FAI. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much indeed. Bye. Yeah, speaking to Jonathan there just before coming on air, I have places on the summer camps. Thanks to Jonathan. He's given us four places. We have two in Meath and two in Loud. And after the break, I'll pop the question to you. Stand by. FAI summer camps on all over Meath and Loud. Some of the places like the MDL grounds in Meath, Castle Villa, Dunboyne, Donnacarney, Enfield, you name it. There's camps. There's rake of them going on in Meath. And in Loud, Ardy Celtic, Drogheda United, Merhivna Moor, Albion Rovers, Walshestown as well. So there's any amount of camps there. We have four places to give away today. That's four children. 
two in Loud, two in Meath. Would you like to send your child to the FAI summer camps? They're fantastic. Here's the question today. First, the number you need, 086-1800-658. It's a text or WhatsApp competition, 086-1800-658. Here's the question. I want the name of the Irish international goalkeeper who recently signed a new contract with Liverpool. Who is he? What's his name? The Irish international goalkeeper who signed a new contract with Liverpool. 086-1800-658. Get them in and we'll pick four winners for your children to go to those wonderful summer camps. Two in Louth and two in Mead. Best of luck to you on that one there. I got a postcard this morning. I love getting postcards. I really do. Jerry, it says, you have to get down to the Greenmount restaurant in Dundalk sometime. They have LMFM on Every day, all day. And when you're there, make sure to try the scones with plenty of jam and cream. I love going out for my own coffee and scone there. And I love listening to LMFM radio. I love the music and I especially love Sundays on the station. Bye, Dundalk listener, it's signed. Thank you for that lovely card. I love getting postcards. I really do. I'll have to get to the Greenmount. I really will. I've been in it in the past, but I'll have to revisit. I will indeed with your recommendation. Thanks for the lovely card. I'm so sad on the other hand. Jules Holland, the gig is now cancelled. Oh, I saw him when he was in Dublin last time and I swore I'd go back. Had the tickets for last year. The concert was deferred, but today they have announced that Jules will not be here in October. Ah, Stone the Crows, sign of the times, isn't it, as well? But there you go. Please, God, we'll get to see him at some stage again in the future. I'd love to see him again. He was just superb. Himself and his orchestra and all the guests he brings along with him as well. It's such a show he puts on. Such a wonderful, wonderful show. But there you are. I'm getting the refund to the card. They say I must keep an eye on that for sure. Now, let me tell you, I have a very special request. It's come in from Brian Dunn. I worked in uh, P&T, Aircom, Telecom at one stage, and this man did all that time. 39 years, Paul Thompson is retiring today from P&T, Telecom Air and Aircom and Air. And his colleagues want to wish him all the very, very best. He's a great family, they say. He has new times ahead for him, great times ahead for Paul. There's only three of the originals left in the job at this stage, and a lot of newbies there as well. So, Paul, happy birthday. Happy retirement from all the gang. And this one, Rocky, it's for you. Now, my next guest on the show is part Irish, but has big links with Trinidad as well. She was born here, but uh, she's going to tell you in a moment why her links with Trinidad are so strong. She is the author of some wonderful books like Black Rock and uh, Kind of Eden. And she's back with a brand new one called Fortune. And it's intriguing and they're raving about it. Amanda Smith, hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Not at all. You're very welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Well, look, at straight off, tell them about Trinidad, where you spend many a long summer enjoying the beauty of the place. What's the story? OK, so my, my mum is a Trinidadian. She's born there. And then that whole side of her family on the maternal side is Trinidadian. And I've spent probably 90% of my summers um, in Trinidad, so it's a big part of my a part of my life. Mm, and a beautiful part of the world it is too. And of course, it is the inspiration for this brilliant new book. I'm not joking it. They are going mad over it. They love it. Have you seen the reviews? There's some good reviews. It's officially launched today. So today yeah. is publication day. So I'm sure there's going to be some more coming as well. Oh, there will be because, you know, they know our listeners know the way this works. Ahead of the launch, the book goes out to selected people and that uh, they review it. And of course, uh, the general public are going to get the chance to do it now. This was inspired, was it, by a conversation with your mum? It was. This went back five years ago when I was thinking about my next book and having the ideas kind of circulating, wondering what I was going to write. There's a bit of pressure on, you know, when you're trying to to pick the subject that you're going to spend the next few years of yourself immersed in. And and I just knew that I wanted to write about an explosion. That was that's what I was thinking. And I didn't know how that was going to look. And I I'd been 
wondering about writing um, about the London bombings, you know, um, in 2000 and <clears throat> 2005, was it? And I started researching that, gathering information. I was very intrigued by how some people managed to be there on that day. Some people missed it. You know, what, you know, what, what led some people to be there and some people not? I should have probably been on one of those trains, but I happened to be away at the mm. time. So I was thinking about all of that. And then I went to Trinidad for a holiday to see my mum. And she said, if you're thinking about writing about an explosion, you should think about some of the early oil days, the pioneering days in the 1920s of um, Trinidad in, in southern Trinidad when there was, you know, oil, they were just discovering oil. So there was certain places uh, where you could sort of put your umbrella in the earth and it would bubble up with oil you know it was right near the surface and you know mostly people in those days they were drilling you know maybe four five hundred feet which is really not very deep and just getting these amazing gushes of of oil but they were very um you know inexperienced using equipment that probably wasn't that great and they were experimenting so at that time you know there were some a lot of accidents a lot of risk-taking a lot of gambling and I realized you know there was one particular um episode this event that happened it was called the dome it was the dome fire um where there was this terrible disaster one of the biggest disasters in trinidad oil history and when she talked to me about that and and told me that my own my own great grandfather had invested in this well and um it was a very precarious situation and i won't i won't give any spoilers but no. needless to say it's gone down in history as a big event mm, and a uh, big event I- indeed uh, but you know you you pick a character here a fella called eddie wade and this fella has been uh, in the states and elsewhere drilling for oil and he comes to trinidad and by uh, a, a real twist of fate he bumps into this businessman when uh, his truck breaks down and so the story unfolds from there a businessman money to invest the oil driller and the other thing the third uh, who uh, uh, of this triumvirate is uh, a cocoa plantation yes so this was um one of the you know indentured indians at the time you know they they were offered they were they, people were brought from India to Trinidad to you know as, as laborers really, and they as a as a way of kind of keeping them there, they were offered um, pieces of land which you know were just a few um, square miles of land, and and they they developed the land, grew cocoa trees or sugar or you know mm. they 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 made use of the land, rented it out, and some were more resourceful than others, but this was actually true. This was a character that had this is based on true character that did. Um, make a real go of um, the the cocoa at the time, which was selling well and being sent all over the world, you know, and and highly, um, you know, lauded. And and uh, you know, at that time, sugar was sort of in trouble and cocoa was in trouble too. So the idea of drilling for oil and it, you know, this character sees oil as a hazard actually mm. when it appears on his land. He thinks, "Oh, oh, we're in trouble." But in fact, it's Eddie that thinks, you know, here we go. It's time to, you know. Cash in. <laughs> Sink the well and up it gushes. The thing about, you know, I've mentioned all men there, but uh, in the book, really, the women are the powerhouses. Aren't they really in this book? Yes, I think, you know, initially I was focused on the men, but I, you know, I, I was really interested in having the women be the, the, the ones who have the wisdom, really, the characters um the the wives you know they seem to see quite early on that this hunger and ambition that the men have is not going to come to a good end and and i threaded into it also a, a love affair between um two of the the main characters yes. um and that that you know is is then complicated but it's the women who say why are we doing this what's the point and you know one of the characters um <clears throat> the indian character's wife says you know, what is oil? Can we eat it? It's like, what's the point of this stuff, you know? Mm, yeah. And, and I guess they, they have a kind of different vision than the men. They're yes, not so interested. Yes. And, and we see that more widely in the world today with so many women actually leading countries in the world. I've spoken about it here before. The other thing is, um, beneath runs colonialism, exploitation, the consumption of fossil fuels, the devastation that this can wreak both environmentally and on people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 
that you know, I guess that's the kind of message of the the book in a way, without sort of preaching anything. But you know, what does what does this amount to at the end of the day, and and what are we doing, and where are we going, and you know, sort of take stock and you know, be responsible. I think that the thing about these characters is that they get caught up in in make in making money. They 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 get greedy, and it's their greed and lack of responsibility that trips them all up in the end. This is close to you, obviously, because of your mum. And I just want to come back to you. Uh, you told us about the Irish and the uh, the link with uh, Trinidad as well. You were born in Sligo. I was born in Sligo. Um, I was was my mum met my father when she was um, on holiday from boarding school in Sligo when she was with her friend, and she was sixteen. She met my dad, who's a musician. And he and his friend sort of chatted them up, I guess. And he, um, they asked them out, asked him to go to a gig that night. And that was it. My mum married the drum, the, the, the man who played the drums and the other, her girlfriend, her friend married the banjo player. <laughs> so they, they got married at 18 and um, she was 18. He was 10 years older than her. And, you know, I think it was a diff- it was a very difficult thing to be Trinidadian at that time, living in a cold, wet town you know without your family around and she found herself being pulled back really to Trinidad um to her family and to the son and that eventually that was the thing that broke the marriage up Mm. and there were two years she was only 25 uh when she uh left the west of Ireland with two small children as well what's the link uh, Yorkshire and Trinidad he had a friend in Yorkshire, so she. At the time there was a up, there was an uprising in Trinidad at the time, so she would have gone back there, and our lives would have been totally different. But my grandfather, who's you know very um, significant person really in in our family, he 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 made a lot of the decisions. He just said there's no way she could come back because it wasn't safe. So she came really as a temporary thing to England, and and then ended up staying for 15 years. And during that time, we would go back for the summers. Every single summer, we were there from like sort of, you know, towards the middle of middle of July until beginning of September every year. So we also became really attached to Trinidad. And I mean, my brother came back to Sligo because we had our um, family there, my, my father's brother and sister. Mm. And, you know, they, my brother did that when he was young. And I, it was only as I was sort of 17, 18, that I started going back. And, and then I fell in love with it too. You know, I, and I love, you know, I love Sligo. My family there have been just brilliant. You know, they've, they sort of filled the gaps between an absent father, you know, that absent father leaves. Um, so I was, I was grateful to, to have them, to know them, and they're there, you know, they've, they've, but they feel like, you know, I described this recently to somebody when my um, when my brother was getting married, he got married in Tobago. So we had all our Trinidad family there and my uncle and aunt came from Ireland. And there's a moment at the end of the wedding when everybody was sort of like my my um, mum's husband picked up a guitar and started playing some calypso, which was wonderful and singing calypso songs. And when he put the guitar down, my uncle from Sligo started singing an Irish ballad. And I thought, ah, this is where I belong, you know, between these two places. It's between these two songs. Um, One is kind of sunny and full of joy. And the other one is full of a kind of sadness and, you know, melancholy and beauty, you know. But the the two things are very much, you know, they're storytellers, both countries, they're natural storytellers. So, I could see it there and then in that wedding. And you see, this is where this wonderful talent has fused in your genes, the mix of the two, you see. And it's all coming out now. And, it's uh, coming out. It certainly is. The other thing, just before we leave Sligo, and I have a great love for Sligo, and the town is beautiful there as well, and the West Coast wild and, and rugged. But it, tell them the story about the shop owner who remembered your mother. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. So my my mum's um, in-laws owned the chemist and my mother used to live upstairs with my dad in the flat. And so when she was living in the town, you know, she would often go over to Cosgroves, which was over the road. It was a lovely deli. And occasionally my father would buy, he'd buy a chocolate bar. She'd open the window. He'd fling it up to the, to where she was hanging out the window and catch it as he was going out to do a gig. And when we went back, um, me and my husband went back about two or three years ago and we went into Cosgroves and I said, do you, um, remember Dominic Smith, my my father, and he said, "Ah, oh, yes." And then I, I, and then he said, "Ah," and his wife, 
and he went kind of dewy-eyed almost. You know, he's sort of his face. He looked sort of had this l- l- far away look as he remembered her, and he said, "And, and your mother, your mother was a beautiful woman, like a film star." Ah, uh, what a lovely, lovely story was- that is. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, and you tell it so well. Look, you live uh, in the UK yourself now. You have your family there. You have, uh, as I mentioned, Yorkshire, Trinidad, Sligo. Where are you uh, based in uh, the UK now? So we're based in Leamington Spa, oh. um, which is kind of in the middle, bang mm. in the middle of the country. Mm. Mm. Lovely place. So we can as get well. to and from easily to different places and. It's great. Yeah. And uh, the book, you know, you've uh, you've come up with another cracker at this stage. Uh, you know the way people, you, you, I mentioned BlackRock 2009, uh, and it was really uh, uh, a, a big one for you. And uh, it wasn't Oprah Winfrey, didn't it get an acknowledgement from Oprah? Yeah, it was an Oprah Winfrey summer read. Yeah. You know, it was- and it won an award in, it won a couple of, well, won a big award in France. It was shortlisted for quite a few awards. So it was a, it was a, made a big splash actually for a first novel, which was exciting. And then the second one, which was a contemporary thriller, I think it, you know, just was not, it didn't have the same traction, but I think partly the marketing wasn't so strong mm. and, uh, you know, it's a sort of second album thing. And I think <laughs> this one feels more, you know, it's got the power behind it and it, it I'm really excited about this. Yes, so. and and you're not like, you know, the way books are often churned out by authors, you know, one after another, particularly in the fiction type of field as well and chiclet and that type of stuff. You take your time on these and obviously, as you said, <laughs> this one, <laughs> you're laughing. Do you, do you think I'm sort of uh, asking the question in, a, in, you know, in a fashion just to get, to pull you out on that one? Yeah, it's been a bit of time. Come on, let's be straight. It's it's been a while since the last one, Amanda. What's the crack? It's been a while. You know what, though? I, I mean, I think I'm a, I'm somebody that will take, you know, a whole morning taking out a comma and a whole afternoon putting it back in. So I'm a real perfectionist. And, and this was, you know, I'd say this, that one version of this book was finished two years ago. And then when I was published by People Tree Press, when they, when they took it on, they wanted me to do a, another layer, you know, which is a kind of connecting more with the Trinidad of the time, a yeah. bit of political reference. There was a few things to do mm. and it made it such a bigger, better book that I, you know, we, we worked hard on it to just get it up into that, you know, that another level. And, and you know, books take a long time, I think. For me, I'm quite slow. I take my time. I it, There's also a fair bit of research in this, you know, research, which, you know, you have to kind of do it and then forget it so it's not doesn't come out all dry and preachy um and you know i think it takes as long as it takes you know each book does is that your mom on the front cover that's my great aunt in fact oh my god what a beautiful picture she's a stunner thank you oh it's lovely there you go anyway it's out today we got her on the day it's released first of july by amanda smith with a y it's called fortune and it's it'll be available all around the place amanda thank you yes Listen, you're great. I wish you well with the book and uh, you're on a winner here indeed. Forget about the second album, number three. <laughs> Top of the Pops. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Take bye care bye. yourself. Bye-bye. That's Amanda Smith there joining me uh, from beautiful part of the UK. The book is called, as we said, Fortune Intriguing. What a plot, what a storyline. It's out today. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Kind of magic from Queen dedicated to Lily Kirk. It's our birthday today from all your friends, Lily. 1986, number three it made in the UK in the singles chart. That's the title track from the album of the same name from Queen. School's out for summer, certainly at this stage. Some families are organised, others aren't. They're still mulling over what they might do for a break, a mini break here in Ireland and others will do last minute stuff. So what's the scenario out there at the minute with availability? Is there value? Are there deals? Are there uh, availability. That's the big question. Well, he'll tell us, I'm sure, from Irish Mini Breaks. Dave Hewitt is back with us. Hello, Dave. Terry, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Well, should we panic or what's the story? No, listen, I'll tell you what. Let's get the negativity out of the way, first of all, OK? The government decision with the uh, the uh, indoor dining in the 90th, uh, you know, on the 19th of July is a bit of a joke, uh, personal opinion. Uh, but let's get, let's get that out of the way, uh, the way it is. It's a little bit of negativity. Uh, it's not going to impact, Cherry. At the moment, uh, the weather is beautiful. Outdoor dining is there. 
if you book into a hotel, you can still dine in the hotel. Uh, you can still have a few beers in the hotel. So we, we don't see it a, a major issue at all. It's just a, a le- just a little bit less choice. That's all it is, you know. So with the negativity out of the way, I, I've, actually, I've, I've a sheet here in front of me, Jerry, jam-packed, to be honest with you. I don't know where to start. But I think what I'll do is uh, I'll start with uh, uh, an exclusive for your listeners, if I may, if that's okay yep, with you. Yeah, fire ahead. Uh, I've been working on this uh, since before I spoke to you last, but uh, for the weekend of the 13th of August, for uh, two or three nights, we have what's called, uh, and it's the first, (laughs) as far as we're aware, we're the first in Ireland uh, to do this, and this is totally exclusive to Irish mini-breaks, and the first people that are hearing this are are your listeners out there, so take heed of this. Uh, We have a a four-star hotel in the west of Ireland, swimming pool, bar, restaurant, uh, explore the wild Atlantic way, We've super prices on it. Uh, two night break and three night breaks. Uh, two night break for a double room, uh, just to give you an idea, for two adults sharing, including breakfast. Total price two thirty. Uh, the reason why it's a secret sale, Jerry, is uh, we have exclusivity to the hotel, uh, and uh, the hotel don't really want to let other hotels know they're giving away these rates. If you know what I mean, uh, they want to beat them to it. So uh, yeah, we we gladly take that. Uh, we have family rooms in the hotel, Jerry, as well. A three-night family break there, just to give you an idea, for two adults and two kids, uh, including breakfast for adults and for the children, because generally most of our rates are two adults under two kids free, mm. uh, and the kids pay for for the breakfast. But in this case, it's free. Three nights, 4.09, three nights weekend uh, for a four-star hotel. It's absolutely excellent. That's great value. Uh, you know, people often knock the value here in Ireland, but that's really good. Jerry, I can tell you now uh, the work that I do personally uh, and the lads doing here uh, to get deals uh, is, is phenomenal. And as I said, there's nothing better we love than actually coming up with a deal. And, and, and now that I have the opportunity to say to you guys, uh, to pass it on to the audience, uh, it's, it's uh, nothing better for us, you know. But to get that deal, Jerry, uh, that this is not going to be online. Uh, what people need to do is uh, they need to call us in the office on uh, 01. Five five six three four zero zero, or if they send us a message uh, through our Facebook page, uh, the Irish Mini Breaks uh, and we'll respond to them uh, with with the secret sale, uh, and we'll give them all details of the hotel. They won't be disappointed with the hotel. I know it well. Uh, lovely, lovely hotel with all the facilities that you expect from a four star hotel. Okay, so that's August round about the thirteenth. What else have you? What else? <laughs> well, we have uh, couples. I have a, a couples family deals, and then another deal with couples families. Um, I, I'll, I'll jump in with uh, there's, there's some great couple uh, couples deals uh, going at the minute. Uh, a lot of the family rooms, Jerry. To be honest with you, they're, they're tough to get. Families are tough mm. to get because all the families have to go away over the next few months before the kids start yes. back to school. Uh, but I, I, we still do have family rooms left. But let me tell you about some great deals. Uh, for listeners there. And right throughout July, deals there for the 25th of July, 11th, 18th, plenty of dates there. But three in particular that, that stick out uh, with doubles and twins available and some have triple rooms. We have uh, Tracy's Hotel, Spa and Leisure Centre in Waterford. Uh, and this deal is three nights B&B and one evening meal. Three, uh, €142 Euro per person. Mm. We have the same deal for the Auburn Lodge in Ennis. Uh, we've dates on that, the 11th, 12th, 13th of July, right throughout July and August. Another cracker there, the Absolute Hotel in Limerick, a four-star hotel in Limerick. Again, uh, we've got 5th, 25th of July, 9th of August, 12th of July. It's a three-nights B&B and one-evening meal deal, uh, 1.55 per person. So, yeah, you can see the value. Jerry, yeah, you know, there, 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 there's big value there. What about the, when we talk about the cities? Let's talk Dublin, Cork, Galway. Uh, you yep. mentioned Limerick there. I, I'm hearing that in, in Dublin now, that's, and that's close to home here for us in the North East, but people like a city break to Dublin. There's any amount of rooms. Is that the case? Uh, it is the case, Jerry. yeah. Like, basically, like, you must remember, you know, we touched on this before, in, in Dublin, like, obviously being the capital city, uh, it has the most hotels. Uh, I think 80, what is it, 80-odd percent of the business is uh, foreign tourists. Mm. Um, you know, massive amount. You know, a massive amount of rooms to fill there, and obviously there's no foreign tourists coming into the country. Yes. At one stage, the occupancy rate I think was an average of thirteen percent, um, 
and uh, that's 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 dreadful, you know. Now we, we touched last time on the old Borlow, as we said, the Clayton yep. Borlington gave you a few deals there. We've uh, with with Tato Park on our doorstep here in in, in lovely County Mead. Uh, we, we've uh, a really good rate on the Clayton Hotel Dublin Airport because uh, Taylor Park is back open and my own daughter was there the other day and it was jam-packed apparently, jam-packed, you know, mm. so people are, 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 you know, are coming up and, 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 and you know, going to Taylor Park. Clayton Hotel, just outside Dublin Airport, uh, it's only, what, 25 minutes from Taylor Park, 25 minutes from the zoo, 30 minutes from all the activities in Bettystown, 15 minutes from the National Aquatic Centre, a family room there, or a double room, uh, eighty-five euro. Can't go wrong there. A night, you know, eighty-five. Eighty-five euro a night. You can throw two kids in the room now. Without one, the kids have to pay for breakfast, but breakfast is included for the adults. But eighty-five quid, Jerry. It's a four-star hotel. Mm. Okay, it's not banging into the city centre, but it's only twenty minutes from the city centre. Mm. And you know, in, in in proximity to all the the attractions that a family might want. Uh, perfect, lovely hotel. I've, I've been in it at functions. I haven't stayed in it myself. But eighty-five euro, including breakfast, you know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people in Cornwall about Tato Park because, uh, uh, as you well know, or probably well know, absolutely great day out. Ah, oh, it is. It is. We're very familiar with it here. Sure, was there when they opened the roller coaster, uh, the big wooden <laughs> one, and there's certainly more on the way there as well. Anything yeah. else you want to mention? Well, do you know what? Let's let's give our friends uh, across the border a mention. Another another uh, growing destination for uh, people from the south is Belfast. Uh, and we all know what Belfast has to offer. You know, uh, lovely, the Titanic uh, exhibition. Uh, recommended to do up there, Jerry. if anybody heads to Belfast. It's a hop-on, hop-off tour uh, of, of Belfast. It's, it's, it's a great tour to do. Uh, Belfast has, a, I did it myself, but it's, it's a lot of history, uh, positive yes. and negative history, as we all know. Uh, but it, it's, it's great to, to, to see it, uh, you know, from, from the, 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 the rooftop of the bus, you know. And, of course, the Titanic exhibition we, we talked about, Giant's Causeway Day Trip. What a day trip. You know, you can get it from Belfast as well. Ho- uh, hotels in Belfast, the Belf- Holiday Inn Express, stayed in myself, £74 for a room, including breakfast. A few others there, Hampton by Hilton, 115 uh, Crown Plaza has a pool. Families love the pool, as we all know. Mm. £120. Mm. Good hotel. Really, really good rate. Um, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, any amount there. Value. Here's a question from a listener. Jerry. will you ask that gentleman, has he any deals for senior citizens, single senior citizens? You know, somebody who might want to go on their own and visit somewhere. Sing, single senior citizens. Uh, yes, look, uh, basically what we do is we have what's called free fixed rates, Jerry's, okay? Uh, and we, the, the hotels, we, we, like, we, we're dealing with the hotels years. And one question I've asked the hotel personally and through our company is, can you give us single room rates? Mm. And here is the response. We, the rates that we give you guys are so low that we can't take any more off mm. for a single room. Okay. okay, so that's the response. And that's what we're met year after year. Now, having said that, uh, I touched on the Auburn Lodge earlier. Uh, we had rates in the Auburn Lodge. Now, it was for a double room, uh, but it was €60 euro a night. Mm. €60, euro, yeah. including breakfast. Mm. So if you look at that rate and you compare that rate to a direct price with the hotel for a single room, yeah. we're probably 50% cheaper anyhow. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I'll look. Look, if, if that lady wants to give me a call in the office, uh, I will have a look and see what rate. And as I said, Jerry, I, I know what are doing this. I, I give the air rate. And I'll check the hotel's direct single rate, and we'll see we'll see who's the best. And as I said, at the end of the day, that's all we're here for is is getting people a really really good value on hotel deals. You know, indeed. So uh, you can check them out irishminibreaks.ie or the number zero one double five six three four hundred. That's zero one double five six three four hundred. Dave, we'll be talking to you again. Plenty of food for thought there, and Absolute. plenty of opportunity to get away at good value. Absolutely, Jerry. And listen, pleasure. We'll talk to you soon, please, God. Okay. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. That's Dave Hewitt there from Irish Mini Breaks, based in County Meath. Options there? Yes, lots of them indeed. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next on the show, I'm joined by the Carragher brothers from Dundalk. Tell you a little story. I was leaving LMFM one day recently after the show, and I had me work done. And this young fellow was waiting for me in the car park, and he introduced himself, and he says, "I'm Shane Carragher." And I said, "How are you doing?" He says. 
uh, I make music with me brother Niall. Would you have a listen to our song and maybe have a chat with us on the show? Of course I would, I said. Well, the boys are on the line with me this afternoon and I'm delighted to welcome them to Late Lunch. Shane and Niall, hello. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having us. Not, you, a, not at all. You're both very welcome to the show. I better start with the fella I met in the car park, Shane. Shane, <laughs> good, to, good to talk to you again today. Yeah. Tell us tell us about your family, the Carahers. Where does the music come from? Um, well, I suppose Mam got us into music when we were very young. You know, I was probably eight or nine. Um, but the music side as such probably came from our granny, so Mammy's mom. Um, she was big into her music. She played the piano. Um, I think she played the flute as well. So she was big into her music. Mm. So you didn't lick it off the floor, as they say. It's in the genes, <laughs> and it's it's been it's been yeah, it's been passed down. But no doubt, your mum uh, getting you you both involved from from an early age. Now, Shane, you uh, you're a contrasting style, I have to say. You you come from what end of the style that I'm talking about, Shane? Uh, Oh, the countryside. Isn't yes, it? yes, that's you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that that would be me. Yeah, countryside. Yeah. And uh, have you have you uh, you know when you when you're growing up and you're you're learning your trade and being taught and playing yourself and now writing and recording, who who would you say in the country field is your influence? Who, can you describe anybody there that you'd say, God, I've I've always admired them? Yeah, um, more kind of the American country, like yeah. Josh Turner. Um, he'd kind of be someone that yes take inspiration from. Mm. But but also, um, I I forgot to mention earlier, um, I did the Royal Irish Academy of Music as well. Right, there is kind of the classical side, um, mixed in with the country as well. I see, I see. Yeah. Better have a chat with Niall. Hello, Niall. Perfect. Hi, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm good. Now, you have a unique distinction. You are the voice. You are the singer here. But when I mentioned Veronica Dunn, oh, my God, she passed away there in April. You have a distinction. Tell them what your distinction is with Ronnie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Ronnie passed away. Um, Ronnie was an absolute gem. So I went to Ronnie um, when I was 16 years of age. Um, I went to school in Colosterish. And I used to get to train um, after school, actually during school, sometimes the principal would let me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd get to train up to the Royal Irish Academy to Ronnie Dunn. And then up until recently, until lockdown, um, I think I was one of the last pupils with Ronnie. Um, when everything closed down then, um, sure, I had to come home and all the music finished up then. Mm. Um, but she lives on in spirit, Ronnie, and um, I have everything that she taught me, and hopefully I'll continue it. Ah, oh, isn't that just lovely? Lovely words in tribute to her. And, and you were one of our youngest students uh, ever. What's it like going to a, a lady with such a reputation as she had and to the academy there? Must be special, Niall. It is. It's special. It's, it's hard to put it into words because Ronnie was like... Um, she was like a third granny to myself, and not even just as, as a singing teacher, but nearly just uh, as a coach in life. Um, her advice was just second to none, um, even her own life, um, like living in Rome, mm. um, working as an artist over there, and just every bit of advice was absolutely exceptional, and I'll just take it with me and I'll keep it forever. Yeah, so you come from the classical side of things with the voice. Do you play at all yourself, or is it that the voice is you? Are, are, are you proficient in any instrument? I do as well, Jerry. I do play you? the piano and yeah. I play the flute. Oh, good on you, good on you. So there you are. You'll be able to accompany. You can accompany yourself as well. I, I mentioned there to Shane this. This is an unusual fusion, isn't it? Classical and the the American country. Americana is that what you call it? Americana, yeah. Um, I know Shane was talking there about um, the American country music. I would be interested in it myself, but even the Irish, I know I was involved in the classical, in the classical music in the Royal Irish Academy, but even in Irish folk songs, the likes of Blue Kelly, mm. uh, the Thomas Moore songs are absolutely brilliant. And I can see when I'm listening to it, um, the type of ballad it is, Yes, it just speaks that in the song, and hopefully the listeners will get a bit of a lift uh, from from the song. 
Yes, you you have something different. It's something unique, I have to say to you. Come back to Shane for a moment. Tell me about uh, Tommy and Trassa Smith in New York. Good friends of mine as well, but uh, oh, yeah. you, you, you've a link with them too. Yeah, well, um, I'd be related to Audrey Smith, who'd be a nephew of, of Tommy. Yeah. Um, so we were just chatting away one day, and Tommy's name came up. So we kind of gave him a text. He had listened to us. Uh, he really liked us. So they played it on their show in New York as well. So they were actually, they want us on there in a couple of weeks for an interview as well. Ah, good stuff. Ah, oh, they're great people. And uh, they might hear this on the podca- podcast. I say hello to them today. And uh, they have a huge following, I know, on that side of the Atlantic. And indeed, people listening back home here as well. Shane, w- what about yourselves? You know, uh, we heard Niall saying there he had to, uh, you know, you all had to retreat back into your shells, back home or whatever, with no outlet per- for performing. Has this given you an opportunity perhaps to work on the creative side, the writing, you know, this fusion of yours? Shane? Absolutely, yeah. With with lockdown, you know, everything, as you know, was shut down. So Niall and I decided we kind of um, get together and do a few covers. So as you mentioned, we did a lot of the Irish songs, a lot of the Irish ballads. So we've set up um, a YouTube channel. So there's songs like Grace, um, uh, Can't Have Falling in Love. Mm. They're all up on YouTube now as well. Mm. And then obviously, yeah, got into the songwriting side of things as well. I love Parting Glass, Dirty oh, Old Town. Up there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a cracker of a song altogether, so it is. Yeah. So um, I take it you, you, you've you been best buddies all your lives, being brothers in arms. No, I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, we do, we do work well together. Um, to be honest, when we first started writing, um, it was during lockdown and... Shane was messing away on the piano and um, I said, oh, that, that sounds pretty good uh, in fairness to you, Shane. You're not too bad yourself. So um, <laughs> we we just, we got together. We I do have to say, we do work well together and we did record a few songs in the Windmill Lane Recording Studios in Dublin. So, um there's more to come, Jerry, as well, hopefully. Good stuff. It's great to hear. So we're going to hear now uh, the new one, if we can say, from you. It's called Humming Again, your own composition, Shane. Yeah, absolutely. And then Niall kind of um, added some bits in then as well. Great stuff. Well, listen, I wish you both all of the very best. Watch, watch this space. Let's have a listen to what it's all about. Here it is, Humming Again from the Carragher Brothers. Thank you, Shane and Niall. Thanks, Jerry. Thank Cheers. You. Dark nights have now set in, the first snow has fallen, and I'm sat here for another winter evening. Four places on FAI summer camps, they're on all over the place in Louthan Mead over the coming weeks to give away on late lunch today. My question was, what's the name of the Irish international goalkeeper who recently signed a new contract with Liverpool? It is Quivine Kelleher. Thank you all indeed for sending in the correct name and the, the four places. One each going to Sarah Shields from Navin. David Andrews is in Drogheda. Uh, Paula McDonnell just outside Monaster Boys in County Louth and Caroline Gillespie in Navin in County Mead. You have a place each. We're passing on your details to the FAI. They'll be in touch with you directly and uh, best wishes to your children. They'll have great fun on those camps. Now, my artists of the week this week are the police. And as I mentioned yesterday, in March 1984... They took a break as all three of them pursued solo projects and they liaised indeed with others. So police were in trouble. They did, however, get back together in June 1986, playing three concerts for Amnesty International. Their split was ultimately confirmed in June of that year. However, they did attempt a final album in October. It didn't happen and I'll tell you why. Drummer Stuart Copeland fell from a horse and broke his collarbone. Yes, a break on the double as the police would be no more. Each of them again went their own ways for the next 20 years, coming together 
just once. Listen to this. It was Sting's wedding on the 22nd of August 1992. And on that day, he married Trudy Styler. And the guests at the reception pressured them into playing. Yes, for that select audience, the trio played two songs, Roxanne and this one. Fantastic. They were just something else, the police. They really were. I say it to people who may not have realised at the time how big they were. What songs, what music it was. Really brilliant. Yes, they're my artists of the week. Message in a bottle. Do you know, it was always an ambition of mine to be walking along the seashore, along the side of a lake, and find a message in a bottle. I wonder if anybody, anybody listening today found a message in a bottle. Genuinely. And it, you know, had drifted across the sea or somebody threw it on the side of a lake and it went to the other side of something. Do you ever find a message in a bottle? If you did, shall let me know. I'm curious if anybody has. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me if you ever found a message in a bottle. It's a long shot, isn't it? Rare to find them. Rare to find them. Long shot indeed. Anyway, more from the police and another cracker to finish off the story of... That wonderful rock group tomorrow, round about the same time on Late Lunch. Alone is a wonderful organisation and the word itself sums up more people feeling alone this uh, last year to 15 months. And I'm joined on Late Lunch today by Karen Cohn, who works with them. Hello, Karen. Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show show today. It, it says here you're the community navigator for the Empower programme. That's a big title. Will you <laughs> decipher that for me, please? I will, of course. Yeah. So alone, I think a lot of people know the organisation. Uh, we're a national organisation that helps older people at home. And my role in that is basically navigating all the different uh, supports, um, that there are out there to help uh, older people who have a chronic condition, um, anything from diabetes to COPD to heart conditions, and actually uh, to social isolation, we would consider that to be um, something that is is very prevalent and um, and can be detrimental to somebody's health. So we would uh, basically ask the older person um, what matters to you what's important to you, what's going on with you at the moment that you would like some support with and pull together all sorts of different supports, everything from helping them link in with fitness or nutrition uh, all the way through to finding out if there are any activities happening in their area, either online or in the physical, um, usually outdoor at the moment and try and support or link them in with those services. Really, really powerful stuff that you, you do. And, and it all comes under the umbrella, I take it, of the Healthy Ireland project. Uh, it is. Empire is an interreg project, and we also work with Healthy Ireland. Right. Um, through Loud County Council, we've actually um, been supporting older people with assistive technology, uh, which has been fabulous programme. And that's, uh, again, everything from tablets, to help them um, link in with FaceTime calls with uh, perhaps friends and relatives that they haven't seen for quite a while, uh, all the way through to blood pressure monitors or glucometers or any of those kind of assistive technologies that help with their um, their health and their safety and security and, and mm. connection. I, I, it's fair to say, as I said in the introduction, that uh, people isolation, people feeling alone, lost, has been, you know, just growing all the time in in the recent past. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has really um, had a flavour of what social isolation can feel like over yeah. the last 16 months uh, to a varying degree. And for older people, particularly in the first year of the pandemic, where there was a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, being told to stay inside and not to socially interact at all um you know you can develop um sort of out of the way uh, of social connections then um mm. and, and and there's a confidence piece there i think um with lots of people young and old uh, and it'll take a little bit of time and effort to to break uh, through that so i think what we would say is um you know simply to reach out 
you know, mm. so for older people to reach out, make a phone call to friend or relative or, you know, and, and just have a chat or even say, you know, do you fancy meeting for a walk or a cup of tea, particularly if people are vaccinated now, they can meet up or go out for a coffee or something like that, you know, and, and yep. that's kind of that, that, that call. And for younger people too, think about the older people in your lives, in your family and in your, your, your community and just consciously think of maybe giving them a ring um, or arranging to meet up with them or calling over just even to, to, to the garden. Um, and, and, and again, better still, um, if they have technology, if uh, that older person has uh, a laptop or an iPad or a smartphone or they've been given that over the, over the pandemic, which has happened quite a lot, uh, to help them do FaceTime calls because that's a really meaningful yeah. uh, way to talk to somebody because you get to see them. You know, so we would encourage that. Yeah, and that's uh, really good advice there and something that is uh, easy to do, easy for a younger person, but not so easy for perhaps somebody of an age. And uh, FaceTime, for sure, is marvellous. But you you say something there that uh, I I have to say I I would have felt at times myself. It's very easy to withdraw inwards, isn't it? And when you you are, you know, restricted and you, you are confined, you sort of go into your shell and it takes a bit to... To break out from that and get going again. Yeah, I mean, habits are easy to form inward and outward, you know, and, and we do adapt to our circumstances. And this has been going on for quite some time. And then, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately for some people, this has been going on for a lot longer than the COVID pandemic, you know. And um, and what we would say is it's great now that um, there's a, a, a spotlight being shone on this. And maybe people will realise, you know, young and old uh, who have not experienced themselves beforehand, how that might feel. So, uh, and and again, as I said, I encourage um, people to reach out. But what I would also say, you know, and what we would say alone is that uh, for those older people uh, who reaching out is a little bit trickier. um, You know, we have the telephone support and befriending service and we also have the visitation support and befriending service. And that's a really easy way to link in and to get those conversations going again, because we have, I think it's almost 3,000 volunteers at this stage throughout the country um, who are in regular social contact with people. And um, it's, I know myself, I used to be a volunteer on the telephone support and befriending service here in Dundalk. And it's, um, it's a wonderful service. It's really lovely to just... You pick up the phone and you have a chat and it can be anything from soaps to sports to social events to, to anything like that. And it's, it's just a, it's a nice social interaction. And then you get to hear about what's happening as well mm. in your community that you may not have been aware of. So uh, we would definitely encourage anyone who would like additional social contact yes. to get in touch maybe uh, to either link in with the visitation support and befriending or the telephone yeah. support and befriending services. Ah, oh, you're fantastic people. You really are. 0818 That's your number? That's us. And we're open it. from 8 to 8, 7 days. And also, if anyone wants to volunteer, if you want to, you know, yes. you have some time to think about this over the, the COVID pandemic and want to do those, you know, encourage those social mm. interactions. Also, by all means, give us a ring. Yeah, that number again. I'll repeat it. 0818 You should never be alone. Karen, keep doing what you're doing. Fantastic work. And thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much, Jerry. Take bye care. Then. Bye-bye. That's Karen Cohn there from Alone. 0818 is the number. Tomorrow on Late Lunch. Yes, he's with me. Top of the show. Love him to bits. Brush Shields is with us tomorrow on Late Lunch. We go to the other end of the scale then. Ruby Moss. She's 13. Oh, she's composed a beautiful new song. And uh, she's going to tell us about herself, her life and times. She's a very interesting young woman because she's been vegan all her life. She's only 13. Nikki Kyle is here with recommendations for the garden. Yes, your organic vegetable garden in July. Leon Blanche looks at the sport and I'll have a riddle on Friday. Eddie Caffrey's next. Big thanks to Brian Farley for flying the plane again today. Couldn't do it without him. And we'll leave you today in the company of Mr. Ed Sheeran. See you Friday for your final late lunch. When I was six years old, I broke my leg 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See BlackstoneMotors.ie There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.